This is the Big Brand Theory Podcast by Blackwood Creative with your host, Kyle Johnson. And now, here's Kyle. Hey guys, Kyle Johnson with the Big Brand Theory Podcast. Thanks for joining us once again this week. Um, Today we have a wonderful guest, Kim Meyer, and um, I'm excited to talk to her about just kind of a a few different things about communications and um, different things within the branding and marketing and all that stuff. So um, she's got a mind that will blow yours. And so we're excited to share her, uh, share her knowledge with you. Kim, how are you doing? I'm doing so good. Good, good. Great. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? And what's important to you? That is always the hardest question, isn't it? Your elevator speech, like, tell us about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Tell, it depends on the day, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, I am a communications consultant, author, coach. I own an agency, and we help really, our consulting firm, we help people, organizations, simplify complexity and reduce information overload, communication strategy. Um, I have a background, really, like a software development in the financial industry. I spent some time, a tour of duty and tech support. And so I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that really honed my, it honed my like, my superpower of taking complex things and making them simple. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because if you've got this complex, I used to work with people that won Nobel Prizes for elegant math equations, you know, and I'm like, so how are we going to market that? You know, and yeah. so and 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 you've got to take this complicated software that crunches all these numbers and evaluates loan risk and how do you make it usable for entry level credit analysts or uh, the decision makers? And so I actually writing the technical manuals and doing technical support, you learn how to communicate with a bunch of different people with. And I think I honed that, but that was like a fifteen-year tour duty. Communi- you know, corporate communications, internet strategy for Moody's Financial Corporation. Worked for a local agency for a little while, so cut my teeth on some PR mm-hmm. and some uh, mostly business-to-business, couple consumer clients. But so that was fun getting in that. That's what I thought I wanted to be when I grew up. Okay. And then you get in there and you see how the sausage is made, and you're like, "Well, this is just hard work, like everywhere else. It's, yeah. it's not like the movies." Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I got more interested in like how it really works. But then, after 15 years of doing that, I left and took a job at my local church. It was a multi-site church, and I'm like, I want to bring all the attributes and best practices from business communications and internet strategy and design and creativity, and help my church that had all that like beauty and creativity and uh, that was inside the church, but wasn't literally represented outside the church. Mm. I was like, come on, let's like put our best foot forward. So I showed up and thought I was going to be the, the big like savior. Like, I'm going to fix this <laughs> church. And yeah. boy, did I have a lot to learn, wow. right? But so then I spent another, you know, 15 years running communications and IT and in leadership for a local church. And about seven years ago, after having you know, like, you know, time 15 years in the corporate marketplace and 15 years in religious not-for-profit work, teaching workshops, wrote a couple books Mm -hmm. and uh, consulting. It's like every company, every business, every sector, every leader, every employee where things go off the rails is is just bad communication. Hmm. You know, so like I started like in... uh, 
like amazed at the creativity and the brand and the design and the execution and loved, went to the Addy Awards every year as a marketer mm-hmm. and a yeah. community. But then you start learning about what really makes people tick. So I think I've reached that season of convergence. Like I didn't even know what a consultant was. It's still hard to explain. You know, yeah. what's a consultant do? <laughs> like, well, they're like your they're like your business coach, you know? Mm-hmm. They show you where you've got your like weak areas, but it's all about communication and removing everything I do is about removing the complexity between people and teams and their audience and removing the disruptors to their brand. And it always goes back to communication. Always. Because hmm. everything communicates. So you're talking about not just like verbal, like you and I talking and understanding each other, but you're talking about like multiple aspects of communication. When you talk about PR, you're talking about, you know, IT stuff, you know, all all the different ways that we communicate to others, whether it's written in a formal way or it's a phone call or something like that. Like where, where do you feel like in all of your experience, where do you feel like people are struggling the, the most with that communication piece? Oh, that's such a good question. That's such a good question. Because that, like, even us starting out, I like made a lot of assumptions, didn't I? Like uh, that, what everybody has the same definition of communication, which mm-hmm. nobody has. I mean, that's where people have trouble is bad definitions. So bad branding, bad communication. It all starts with a bad definition. Bad websites, bad social media. It all starts with a bad definition. So you, with Blackwood, you guys help people with their brands and you help people with their digital marketing. Mm-hmm. So you, your brand, like I, my favorite definition of a brand, you and I have had so many conversations and there's all kinds, you know, there's, there's shop talk about the definition of the yeah. brand. And, but my favorite definition of the brand was the one that Jeff Bezos said a few years ago. Your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Yeah. So wake up call, that's your brand. Great. So what affects that? What affects what people say about you when you're not in the room? It's not your logo. It's not your website. It's how all that stuff makes them feel and if you follow through. Now, your, your logo and your website, all the visual identity stuff, it reflects values mm-hmm. and it reflects your vibe. It reflects how you want to show up, but that's not your brand. Your brand is how you follow through in your operations, how you treat people inside and outside your company, uh, your processes, and so... That's where communications comes in. So if you've got your brand, if your brand is your heartbeat, like it's your, it's your DNA, it's like our mission and our vision and our values, it's, it's our aspirational identity and who we say we are. If that's our brand. Communications, and that's your heartbeat, mm-hmm. communications is a circulatory system. Okay. It pumps that DNA to all parts of the body. Like corporate communications, the actual definition is based in the Latin word corpus, which is for body. Okay. And okay. so corporate communication is about making sure all the parts of the body has what they need to communicate the DNA. And, and so the total activity generated by the body to accomplish the mission of objectives is corporate communications. And just a small sliver of that has to do with like the visual sexy stuff we get to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, like, that's really rewarding, that sexy stuff, you know, the visuals and the aesthetics and our website. Those are, you, you need to have those. They're like venues. They're facilities. Yeah. It's like, you got to wear clothes. Yeah. Like we, you got to wear clothes. But if you're like, if your body is sick, those clothes aren't going to fix it. 
Right. So, and you'll see it, like the biggest brands we're learning from and the most successful brands right now, they are literally in the past, it's been the last five or 10 years, the brands we know like Apple and Duncan and Cisco and Johnson and Johnson, they're literally like killing, eliminating their marketing departments. (laughs) They're eliminating their chief marketing officer, their chief brand officer, because over time, the world has changed, how we communicate changes, and those have become little siloed departments that are disconnected from all of the business. Mm. And so they're reorganizing. It's not like they're firing people. I mean, if they're incompetent, they do. Yeah. But the, most of it's a restructuring, and they're renaming those functions, reintegrating them with the business and saying, okay, everything we do communicates. How we organize our facility communicates. Yeah. How we treat our employees communicates. How we train our employees how we answer our phone, how easy we make it for people to do things, how fluid we are. And uh, so that's not as fun to work on. <laughs> and yeah, leaders, it, and yeah. yeah, or leaders, like you may have a really great visionary leader or an entrepreneur and you being a business owner, you may have, this is what we're about. And so I'm going to tell you guys what we're about and then you just copy and paste it and that shows up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And people don't like, buy into words on a page or words on a wall or sterilized corporate content, it's going to be, it's going to have dimension. Like how do you make sure your company or your cause or your church uh, reflects the same story with just little pieces everywhere? Hmm. So I guess answering the question about the brand, how do you keep that brand alive and keep that heart beating Communications is like all the cues and artifacts and attributes and systems and processes, but all that ties back to the values. It's not about like what's in style. Hmm. You know, that that can be a barrier. So I think that's the biggest, like, let's get that, let's get that definition right first, and then it reorients everything. And I don't care if you're a company size of two or a company size of two billion. It always goes back to, hey, who do we say we're about? What are our values? What are we about? What's our heartbeat? Great. What's that heartbeat look like on our visuals? Great. What's that heartbeat look like on our employee onboarding? Great. What does that heartbeat look like, that same heartbeat? How do we play that out uh, when we have a complaint? How does that work? Because there's that balance between efficiency and effectiveness. And, yeah. and if you And people argue about preferences, like how we do it. Different departments or people argue about, well, no, we need to do it this way. We need to do it this way. If you go back to the why, it gets real easy. Yeah. So I don't know. Am I making this? So it does affect, you asked about the interpersonal, like it's corporate. So it is, it's interpersonal. How do the leaders talk with their employees? How do employees lead up to their bosses? That's, that, that affects, that affects it too. But you just untangle it one at a time. Like you can't start everywhere. So you look at your company, and you're like, okay, where are we ailing? And I bet you get this a lot. I bet you have a lot of clients come to you and say, oh, man, we're like, we need to do better. We need help with our marketing Mm because they want to get better sales or they want to get more sales, and they want to grow. Great. And they think, oh, if we just show up everywhere and we get a cool logo and we get a cool website and we get some posts out there, we're going to grow. And I bet 50% of your job is a (laughs) re-education. Yeah. Or you're saying, no, you don't need to be everywhere. Let's yeah. talk about that for a second. Let's. Yeah, I mean, it's that's 100% true because 
and even then it, it's always going back to what are the what are the goals what are the ambitions like we've had conversations with with owners who say well honestly like I want to sell this thing in five years okay well let, that's a different goal set than I'm ready to blow this up for the next 25 years right yeah. we've got a, a different vision and, and all of that so it's it it goes back to setting our goals and then like you were saying, going back to this is why we're doing this. Yeah. And I need to communicate that in a certain way. And um, and then, yeah, and then we refine, this is our plan now. So, yeah. yeah. And let me make it real practical too. It's like, so, you know, you and I kind of start big picture and mm-hmm. I, I do that anyway because I'm sitting here across the table from you talking shop. Yeah. And so it's easy to like fly up to 40,000 feet. But like if I bring that down a little bit, and I think of like two client personas. Like um, I was working with, I mean, I had a, a half a billion dollar company I was working with, a client of mine this mm-hmm. year. And they're an amazing client, doing amazing things. And they hired a new director of marketing. And she comes in and they said, we need help with a communication strategy, but she's running our marketing. So we spent a day together and immediately identified like, your marketing's not the problem. Your employee engagement is the problem. Mm. So here's all the stuff you're doing right, right? You've got, you've got great graphics, you've got great visuals, you're showing up in all these places, you've got like tr- tremendous service, tremendous quality. You're not even behind, like amping up your trade shows, amping up the ads at the airport, amping up uh, more brochures is not going to fill this gap. Yeah. And again, back to those brands that we're watching, they're cutting their marketing budget, their external marketing budget, and they're turning it in and treating employees like customers and they're watching their sales grow. They're watching their turnover decrease. Yep. So that's what we focused on in this, this whole year, this client, and uh, it's been one of the most fun projects. But first thing we did is we slashed everything they had listed for their marketing plans for the year. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, now how do we turn that inward? What, how does this affect onboarding? How do we get clarity around our values? Because yep. values were all over the place, but if you talk to anyone from the executive level top all the way down to the wrench turner everybody stakeholder nobody could tell you what those were so let's make those let's make those clear and help people own it not just corporately but individually where they they're like they've got pride and so we spent a year just untangling knots and removing disruptions not adding on but removing disruptions and yeah. they did have a budget. They were able to invest in some things, but it wasn't in the stuff you'd expect. Hmm. So then, like, like, like the, you know, they got a marketing team. They got a marketing department, that half a billion dollar company. And well, now let's talk about a small church client of mine. They had 38 people. Mm-hmm. Like it's a 150-year-old church, and they've got, this, they've got this elder board. It's amazing, this elder board of engineers and attorneys and They've, they've grown up five generations in this church, and they want, they want this church to outlive them. And they realize the world has changed, and what, how are we going to steward this? Where it's a, it's, it's a contribution to our community again. So they're donating all this time. They're like, we don't know where to start. We're so far behind. We can't keep up with the world and all the, all the media and all the you know, communications and all the creativity and... I was like, it's you. Know, you don't have to. Like, let's just let's just figure out the one thing you're going to do well. We need to make it easy. Let's. You don't need a new brand. You just need to live the brand you've got better. Hmm. Well, what do you mean? Well, we, well, let's talk about what you do great. What are you doing great? What? Why 
have you had five generations in this church? So they start listing all that out. I'm like, great, great. How do we make that easy for people to access? Just one thing. How do we make it easy? You, you don't even have money for a website right now. That's okay. Let's just make your Facebook better. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure you're putting your best foot forward and it's not this insider scrapbook that is like alienating to people. <laughs> yeah. And so like, let's just start there. Let's just live your brand better. Don't try and be somebody you're not trying to be. And most of the time it starts with removing the distractions and disruptions. And back to one of your original questions, where do people struggle the most? I would say it's the definition is the first thing. Mm-hmm. Like they got bad definitions. What's branding? What's communications? Um, how do you know if communications is working, which we can get to yeah. in a minute. But the other thing is they don't get outside help. And and if I use the half a billion dollar company or I use the small church with an endowment that they're stewarding and they've only got 38 people in the church, the answer is is the same. If you're too close to it, you got to get some outside eyes, mm. somebody that will cover your blind side and say, you know what, that picture you're drawing is not telling the story you think it is. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when you say this, it doesn't mean what you think it means. Mm -hmm. And you can, if you got a budget, you can pay like some people that will work hard for you and be your advocate. That's my job. I advocate for people, whether it's the leader or it's the, the executive team or it's onboarding somebody who's inheriting a mess, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, or you just have an honest friend who doesn't work where you work. Yeah. Or you buy somebody a pizza that's in your target audience and say, what does this say to you? Where are we missing the boat? Uh, do, you, do you use our, you know, I worked with a, with a client a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, all you need to do is you need to talk to somebody who doesn't wear readers. That's the first thing you need to do. Mm-hmm. Talk to somebody who doesn't have readers because they're saying, we need to reach the younger generation. i like, you mean the current generation? <laughs> like, let's fix that terminology. Like, yes. So you're trying to reach the current generation. Great. I'm looking around this table. Everyone in this room is wearing readers, mm-hmm. and there's nobody under 50. And you guys are trying to guess what millennials want. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, well, you're, you're, you're not going to know. You don't live like a millennial. Right. And so it's not going to be authentic. And so you need to sit down with somebody and say, do you use our website? Why or why not? Would you send somebody to use our product? Why or why not? Mm -hmm. And they're going to give you good feedback. They'll give you like, here's what you're doing well. Here's what you're doing poorly. Here's some ideas. And it's not like listening can be a disturbing experience. It's hard for people Mm because they think it's going to be super ouchy. The hardest thing is just like committing to listen. And it's usually right. it's usually a very rewarding experience if you ask the right questions. You want to know what one of my pet peeve questions that Of course. When companies will say, "Okay, what's your preferred communication method?" <laughs> do you do you prefer email or do you prefer texting or you do, do you prefer I'm like, "Well, it depends. Yeah. What kind of communication are you talking about?" Yeah. Because if it has to do with my kids or my grandkids, you can text me. I will give you my like safe combination if it has to do with my kids' safety. Right. If it has to do with marketing, send it to my email because I don't want you to bother me. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it depends. So instead, we need to ask people, like, what are they trying to do? Like, is it easy for you to do this, yes or no? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to find that you can't find? What do you wish we had that we didn't? 
What would you be upset that if we got rid of it? it you're going to get better input with better questions. So that's that's one of the things. Or or those open-ended questions. What would you like to see? What would you like better? <laughs> Where do I start? All right, <laughs> I'd give you the dumbest answers because it's just like pulling stuff out of the air. So yeah. um, that's one of the things. So getting those outside eyes, just asking somebody. And I mean, I everybody needs a image consultant. Like I, I don't care if you're a business owner or you're a leader or if you're an employee. I always, I always encourage people when it comes to making sure you do better. Like our rules about interpersonal communication, it's exactly the same for corporate communication. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same. You're trying to remove barriers and you're trying to get through because communication is not getting information out. It's getting through. And you can't get through if you don't understand the motives or the triggers of the people you're serving or trying to communicate with. Hmm. Like it's another thing I challenge clients about, like, don't talk about a target audience. And like, you're not a sniper. Like, who are you serving? (laughs) Yeah. Like, who are you serving? Like, so, and that just changes. It's just a mindset and like how we behave. It's the same stuff. We, you and I, I know what a target audience is. You're trying to narrow. But if we use different vocabulary, because vocabulary shapes how we show up, mm-hmm. how we act, how we perform. So little things like that um, on just really getting to know how your user, not like what you want them to do, but what they're trying to do. And you can't do that without having an image consultant. So two image consultants I tell people to get. It's like one, like if I worked for, if I worked for you, mm-hmm. I would need, I would want you to be one of my image consultants as my boss because you've kind of got a global corporate view. Mm-hmm. So I can come to you with ideas, I can come to you all hyped up, I can, you know, but you're gonna be able to look at me and say, hey, that's great, but globally, your timing is off because you, what you don't know about is what's happening over in this section, or, right. or here's some business goals. or So you need somebody above you who's kind of like championing for you and giving you a bigger picture. And then sometimes you need a peer that like, knows you and knows your tendencies and your motives and kind of saves you from you (laughs) and can look at you and say, I know what you mean, but that's not how you're coming across. Yes. So if you want, you cannot use the bad excuse of good intentions in your interpersonal communication or your corporate communication. Uh, And it's a lot easier if you just find a safe person who can give you honest feedback to cover your blind side, Mm -hmm. to make sure your intentions actually actually function. Yeah. And that's, that's really, really good. I I have a business coach who's super helpful in a lot of things. And then I have my wife, right? Yes. And so she, like, I'll say like, here's what happened. Here's what I said. And she's like, well, duh, you said that like, and I was like, well, this is what I meant. And she said, well, you didn't say that you didn't communicate. And this is how they would have thought. And when I tell her what I said and how she initially, you know, took it in, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And so having that kind of that peer that's right there saying like, no, buddy, like you you got this all wrong. Like this is how it's coming across all that stuff. And then having a professional on the, on the business side actually say like, here's how your brand looks on the outside and, and coming across and, and understanding communication with our, you know, quote unquote target audience or, or people that we're serving. But I mean, that's, yeah, having that outside eyes, I, uh, a big, big believer in that. And I do it in so many different ways. I have the business coach. I talk to my wife all the time. I the, literally two days ago sat here with my team and said, 
guys, how can I serve you best? Like where where am I, where am I lacking in serving you? And it's that level of like communication and and some things came across the table. And I was like, oh, I thought I was doing that well, but I guess I'm not. So I, I need to fix that. It's yeah. just that's just so so valuable. And to make it so real, like if we break this down, like the all the clients you're serving and the people that are listening to your podcast, they're trying to do better with their business. They're trying or or their marketers trying to help businesses mm-hmm. or. At the end of the day, this matters, and it's so achievable. Like, I don't care about your budget if you don't put these basic things in place. Like, if you can't sit down and listen Mm -hmm. to your customers or to your employees or to your peers, then you've got all these blind spots, and you're wasting money, you're wasting time, you're wasting attention. The best and the most rewarding impact you can make on your company is just remove the barriers. That's the free stuff. And too often we add more and more and more on and just avoid the things that need fixed or the things that honestly will waste time and energy and staffing creating stuff that's not helpful, mm. right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that you and I had talked about before is just like, well, what are the, what are, how do I know if my communications are working? So if we go back to our original definition, like, all right, let's assume you've defined your brand, because not everybody has. Yeah. So and 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 I'll reverse engineer that if they don't have, we've got to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be really really simple, but like, hey, why are you here? And what matters most? And where are you going? And how are you going to get there? Like, let's just get that first. If we've got that, we've got your DNA, we've got your brand. Now, how are we going to communicate it in all these places? I don't care if we're talking visual, we're talking digital, we're talking physical, we're talking service, we're talking staff. At the end of the day, if if it communicates, three things have to be present. There's three essential ingredients to effective communications. Because like we talked about at the top of the podcast, like information, getting information out is not communication. Hmm. Getting through is communication. Yeah. So these are the three things that need to be present. One, whatever it is, it needs to make a connection. Like somebody notices it, it connects so much that number two, they engage. They want to take a next step. They want to sign up. They want to stay. They want to read more. Uh, so it's got to make a connection so much so that then they want to engage mm-hmm. some way and then they share it. If somebody uses it or buys it, um, but they don't share it, it's not full communication because it's like a dead end Mm. because they're probably not going to be a repeat customer. They're not going to refer you. It doesn't spread. I don't care what industry or business we're in. We want it to spread. If what we do is good, we want it to spread. Nothing we do should be a dead end. Right. And like communication is a vehicle that moves people from A to B. It mo- Communication moves people. So if your communication is not moving people anywhere or a cause anywhere, then it's not communication. <laughs> and so if we know that, if I'm a small business owner or I'm a leader or whatever, I've got to just like ask myself, okay, one little thing at a time, am I making a connection are people engaging and are they sharing it? And we just untangle one knot at a time. And where do you start? Start the place that you're struggling the most. Don't try and fix everything. But like, let's go, where do you, where do you suck the worst? <laughs> like, <laughs> if it's your website, let's start there. 
If it's your digital content, let's start there. But I imagine, like you tell me, if people come to you and say, I need better digital content, do you look at them and say, okay, we, we can do that, but there's some prerequisites because if we have great digital content, but you've got some like, some weak areas over here, it's going to discredit that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you help with stuff like that? Yeah, and 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 like I mentioned before, I mean, going back to goals, but... But to that point, um, you know, you could, and you mentioned this earlier, like you can, you can market whatever you want, but if it's not a great product or service or something like that, it's, you're just going to market yourself into failure. Yes. And so that is something we really try to pay attention to. And I think differentiates us as an agency, this small little plug, like if you need anything, no, <laughs> but, but it's, it's one of those things where like, as in, in, to, in myself specifically, but my entire team pays attention to this of like, where are areas where this isn't quite right? And if we're not going to fix that, then like we can put all the Facebook posts and blogs and new websites out that we want. But when they get into a point where this is the problem. This is our area where it's falling off. Like we we work with different companies in transportation, right? And so their goal is not necessarily new customers, while it's always good for new customers, but they need drivers, right? And you talk to anybody that's transporting anything anywhere, they always need drivers. The turnover rate is just across the board, across the entire industry, huge. And so their their marketing dollars are going towards recruiting. And we're asking what if we change that recruiting budget and we focused a little bit on that onboarding and uh, the long-term stuff and like communication with the drivers and all of that? Like, yes. How could we take pieces of the budget and like to our own detriment, reduce the marketing budget and you spend money and time and effort on retaining the drivers you do have? And that goes back to proper communication yeah. and uh, in this case, driver experience or but customer Kyle, experience. So. You messed up. All uh, you had to do was shift your marketing budget and do a marketing budget for their for their employees. Then you didn't have to shrink your budget. Well, uh, <laughs> just <yes. kidding. laughs> no. no the nice yes. thing is because we can still stay involved in that yes. portion of it because, like you said, there's there's communication in in, in we'll air quotes marketing. Yes. Internally yes. as well. Yeah. To get the team bought in to get. Employees bought in to get all yeah. the, all that kind of stuff, and then they become they become your marketers. They right. become brand evangelists, mm-hmm. and and they all have different uh, spheres of influence that the corporation will never infiltrate. Yeah. yeah, and so pouring into your people is is huge, and I I just I think another important thing for us to keep in mind when it comes to either our our interpersonal communication, and I'm talking like in the in the business world, like in yeah. our jobs. Um, yeah. Obviously, this stuff spills over into our interpersonal communication, our relationships off the clock. But whether it's with your team or whether it's for your clients or for your customers, you just just do what you can do. Look at who you have around your table. Mm-hmm. There may be well, no, there is like there's all kinds of best practices. You should do this, 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 and this, but you need to look at who you have around your table, what you do well, and just pick two. Pick two out of ten. And just do those things really well first. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to cover the spread and doing poor on everything. So maybe maybe you've got like this iconic 
mentor company, you know, peer company. We want to be like them. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they probably have different ingredients. Yeah. And so yeah. they can inspire you, and that's great. But what's the one thing that you can do? And let's just start there. So like we talked about that one client, just start with Facebook. Uh, another client's like, you know what you really are great at? You're really great with your follow-through. Nobody can touch that. So let's just like make that replicatable. And what's one area we can improve on? You've got no digital presence. Like So a super simple website that has your contact information, let's just make sure that basic is covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think a, another thing that's hard, you've got like entrepreneurs or bosses, like visionary bosses, and they get super hyper and they hire the young guy that knows how to design stuff and use social media mm-hmm. and they just start coming in with all their ideas yeah. and they want all this stuff. And going back to our image consultants, what I think is marketing, for, I, I am the last person that should be marketing my company. <laughs> I'm the, I, I can't market my company. I'm not my customer. Yeah. And I like uh, so I'm a I've been in I've been in corporate communications for over thirty years now or like right at thirty years, and I'm a I'm a I'm an expert at this I'm like a professional at helping people remove the barriers and communicate better and uh, achieve their goals but I am the worst at my own stuff because I'm too close to it yeah. so I wrote this article this was just last year. Just last year. So I write this article about communication principles and brand, like, first steps, like, how do you turn around your brand? And Mm -hmm. I gave it to one of my teammates and said, can you just proof this for me? And then I'm going to post it. So she proofed it, gave it back to me, but she changed the title and the subheads (laughs) and a few keywords in there. And I'm like, I I hated all her changes. (laughs) And I didn't make any of them. I changed them all back, and then I posted it. And she's like, hey, did you see those changes I made? I'm like, yeah, I did. I didn't like any of them. <laughs> and she's like, well, you wouldn't. Like, the article wasn't for you. Yeah. The article is for your customer, and they have different trigger words. Yeah. They've got different pain points. That article, the headlines you had, the content was great, but the headlines you used were triggers for people that you'd be talking shop with. Mm. So for your audience, it sounded like a bunch of consultants speak. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, it did. That is so right. That was just like last year. Yeah. So as a business owner or as a leader or as an, uh, you know, the, the visionary, charismatic, like you may be great at running the business, coaching the business, business development, product development, but it goes back to that image consultant Somebody has to save you from you and mm. fix the messaging for the people that you're trying to sell to or serve. And so I think that's another one. That's a, that's a battle we have. I don't call it a battle. It's a, it's it's something we run across all the time. And literally yesterday, sitting down with a potential new client and look at this website. I don't like it here. I like this one. And I said, I don't. I like. I'll be blunt. Like I don't really care what you like. Yeah. Like, what is your customer like? What like that's what that's what we want, right? Like I have personal preferences, and as long as things are on brand here, like my team can make stuff and put it out. And I'm like, I don't really like that, but I'm not necessarily my customer. Yeah. And my personal preferences are not going to influence or detract from or become a barrier, right? Yeah. To to our success because I want things how I want it, right? It's and that's a that's my own ego getting in the way. Yeah, it, it's hard. 
I mean, it's yeah. hard, especially if you have your if you're the face of the company or you have your name on the company. It gets even harder. <sighs> but like, if we just like make a commitment, if we're really serious, like about like we want to have a good brand, we want to have a healthy brand, we want to make an impact, we want to communicate well, and everything we do communicates. Well, then. There's some baby steps all of us can take. Mm-hmm. Like get an image consultant, either pay for one or buy somebody a coffee, like and start there. Mm-hmm. And then just understand that um, it's this it's it's not the sexy stuff that necessarily has the big returns. Like it's the it's the basics. How do we make sure we remove the barriers? Like where where are we making it hard for people? And let's get that out of the way first. And it's amazing how we can find more resources to do what we're trying to do if we do that. I think I think that maybe one of the last things I would say is a word of encouragement. Big mistake I see businesses and churches make in their communications, they're just too they're just they're just so sterilized. It's so um, it's just sterilized corporate content with no personality. Yeah. And companies like my company and your company, we can't be personal. Right. A company, a corporation, a brand can't be personal. Only people can be personal. But it can be personable. Mm. And you can show that you have, you're made up of, you're made up with, we have people that work here and we serve people. Yeah. And so it's just like professional now is not that, sterilized corporate content. Mm-hmm. Professional is being personable, like demonstrating you understand humanity, but not trying to be so campy. Like people don't trust corporate brands, but they'll lean in to personable brands because they know, oh, there's humanity in there. Mm. So that's a big area of opportunity too, I think for a lot of companies and causes in every sector. And and, and not to you know, toot my own horn, but one of the things that I've experienced in that way, and and this is communications, is we put some some little lines in in our for our print shop, like in our invoices, that we've gotten so many people come back to us and be like, I love that. It's not like, dear madam, here's your, in-, you know, it's it's not that at all. It's like, hey there, thanks so much for doing work with us. Like, here's the invoice. Uh, hope everything, you know, it's, and there's Perfect all sorts example. of different, like, it's, we're trying to portray, like, here's the type of people we are. And in this very bland point of communication, we want to demonstrate that, like, we're still people and, like, all and that. And that has so much power. Because I'm always thinking, like, when when you and I sit here and talk about stuff like this, I'm always thinking there's people who have budgets and there's people that don't have budgets and everybody needs a place to start. That little example that you just brought up from your invoice, that has so much power. Yeah. It makes people want to work with you. Now, And then you've got all the cool stuff you do, too, but it starts with that uncool stuff. Yeah. You know, that's ama- that anybody can do that. It's and to me, it's it's something that I'm actually increasingly interested in is that idea of customer experience. Yes. And that takes and says, here's what our here's what our brand is, what we want it to be, and all the way into how are we answering the phone, all those types of things that we already mentioned before. But that idea of like, what are they experiencing when they're with us? Yeah. And there is all of that, all that little commu- pieces of communication. That's whether it's an invoice or the answering of the phone or different things like that that 
I think make a huge difference on customer experience. Yep. And just having somebody come in and say, all right, what do you say your values are? What do you say your mission and your vision is? Great. Now, let us look at all these touch points, mm-hmm. and we can identify what's in alignment, what's out of alignment, and then let's come up with a plan to get those things into alignment. That's where you start. Yeah. Like, you know, what do, how do you bring it into alignment? And you brought up some really, those are, I love those examples, like that invoicing and the messaging. Messaging is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, even before you start doing like your, your targeted digital marketing or inbound marketing and the, the content, stuff like that, that's really good. So you talked about, and, and this is kind of, this feels like a theme for, for maybe just for you, but also for your business, this idea of let's take down barriers. What do you feel like as you're working with clients, what are some of the, like, I don't know, some common barriers that people are like running into? Mm-hmm. Like this is, you're seeing this with X percentage of clients that you're dealing with. Yeah. Well, to answer that, what's so interesting, because even I, like, I have my own barriers. Like, I'm a junkie for this stuff. Like, I cannot turn it off. But every spare moment, I like, I wake up in the morning, I turn on podcasts. I subscribe to probably seven email, like, aggregators. Mm-hmm. I listen to books on tape, and I'm a subscriber to Blinkist, and I'm reading all these articles, and I'm just a junkie in all these different sectors. And I... I miss some of the most basic stuff with my own because I'm in the weeds. Hmm. And so I will answer your question, but I will tell you, even without me answering the question, if if I just leave my I leave my business and I go experience anything, if I go to a restaurant, if I go to the mall, or if I go to the hospital, or if I go to a hockey game, it takes me like one experience and I can list 10 things that are disruptions to the experience. Hmm. And immediately I see, oh, shoot, I do that in my own business. Yeah. So if we can get out of our own, like, and when I used to work for a church, I would always tell champion for for my team and any other churches that I helped, it's like the best thing you can do for your church and your staff is don't go to church at your church next week. (laughs) Go somewhere else. Yeah. Go be a guest somewhere. See how it feels. You've got all these invisible, invisible assumptions uh, that you're just not seeing. And like you go visit, just be a guest somewhere else one weekend and you're going to come back to your environment and you're going to see so many things yes. that you did. And the same is true. And go try and buy a ticket online. Go try and make a reservation online. Then go back to your website Yeah. and you're going to see things. And so the mistakes I see people made, the barriers, um, common barriers, Messaging and vocabulary is a huge one. Hmm. Um, it's either dated content or sterilized corporate content, yeah. or it's way too much. Uh-huh. It's just way yeah. too much. People, everybody, I don't care what generation you're in, people just need it to be like scannable, action-based. Going back, remember, communication moves people. Your website is a place people come to do something. Mm-hmm. They don't come to read something. So... I mean, unless you're like the Library of Congress or something. And, <laughs> but even even so, even if we're a, a, an academic, I, I have some schools that are my clients, and you know, there's content that needs to go out there, but it doesn't all have to be coded into the website. Mm. It can be PDF downloads. Like if people are coming, it's still coming to do stuff. So 
cutting that down and making it easier. If it's like 10 steps, how can you get it down into three? Like starting there makes such a big difference, such a big difference. Another mistake um, barriers I see people make is try and use one communication vehicle for all purposes. You know, like I don't don't know, they'll say like, uh, we need to be on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and LinkedIn. I was like, can we hold on a second? There's, there's different people groups on each of those channels. What's the purpose of that? Yes. Because your audience, I don't care what age group they're at, like I don't need to follow a bunch of corporate brands on Instagram. Mm. And the value, I choose to follow corporate brands if there's value, if it's easily aesthetic values, mm-hmm. like the visual type of brands, sure. or if there's influencers or leaders I'm following um, I'll only follow him if their Instagram makes it easily digestible, consumable quips that just, it's like, it's little fixes during the day. Yeah. But I'm going to go to a different channel if I want content or work or business, but I don't need that on Instagram. Hmm. You know, it's like, I'm not going there to do things. That's where I'm scrolling. Hmm. Um, and so helping people figure out like, where's your mass Where's your mass, critical mass of your primary customer and what are they trying to do? And yeah, it may be cool to be on Instagram, but you're not losing business if you're not on mm-hmm. Instagram. So let's start where you could lose business. There's conversations on Facebook. There's groups on Facebook. There's more interactivity. Um, it reaches a wider uh, age base, depending on, the, depending on the client base. Sure. And so too many channels, too much content, Dated language, mm. uh, those are the most common mistakes. And then just ease of use, like broken links yeah. or uh, dead-end pages. Like, you know, uh, we do a variety of services here for a variety of ages that meets a variety of needs. You know, how much content do you read? And you're like, I don't, what did that? Yeah. I, uh. <laughs> so, like, let's just kill that static page. Like, kill it. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really it. Like it saves money. It channels attention. It's a better customer experience. Reduce the number of pages, reduce the number of words, reduce the number of clicks. Even like best practices online has changed. Like uh, scrolling used to be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's like better, like let them get as much done on one page as possible. Um, and don't make them jump. Well, here's our about page and then click to a new page for um, our staff and then to a new page for our values and then right. to a new page. Can we just have like a simple little things like that? So some yeah. of that's dated. Yeah. Uh, some of these old site maps I see come through that are still being kicked out. Like you don't do it like that anymore. Mm. It's, it's a lot easier. And that comes from fixing that comes from paying attention to getting that outside voice, right? Yeah. And sometimes that outside voice is you just going in, like you mentioned, looking elsewhere, either your competition or what I think a lot of people miss out is also like look outside of your industry. Like Huge. If you're in automotive, go look in cosmetics. Like what are they doing? Yep. And like just how can we apply that here? I mean it's, it's – we have books from – Healthcare, like yes, and talk, talking to us, and we're saying, well, how can if they're doing this in healthcare, how can we do it here? And what is that like? What is that right. going to look like? How is that going to help? I always uh, point to, I point to Amazon and Google because it could not be more like the volume, mm-hmm. the volume of content that's out there, the breadth of their customer base yep. across the whole globe. But what what's the one thing everybody uses it? 
because it's just the search. Yeah. I don't read all the stuff on Amazon. I just go to the search. Yep. And same thing with Google. So we live in a time where you just need, uh, it's basically everybody has their own homepage. Mm -hmm. It's what you bring to the front. It's what you're looking for. So if there's one thing everybody needs to add, it would be that search, Mm. you know, to their website too. Make it really simple. Yeah. So uh, is it questions and... Uh, or contact, like, because my like my site has four pages. It's so simple. Yeah. Like, there's nothing you need to search for, <laughs> except contact. If it's hard to get in touch to ask a question, that's a problem. Yeah. I found out. Don't if you audited my site right now, you'd be disappointed in me. Okay, I'm just I'll working do, on it. I'll do that after yep. we're done here. You definitely. Will. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's on the 2021 plan. So. Uh, remember, we're just coming out of COVID. Survival. We were survival of the. Yes. But I think those, so I think those were the basics. I mean, because I want to come up with stuff like, again, from the largest company to the smallest company, those are the same mistakes they make. Mm. And if you start there, it starts to free up resources. It starts to let what you do well shine um, and cut, just cut it down. And the outside, getting the outside, because somebody's going to look at you and say, hey, that shows that you're dated. Nobody outlines their letters anymore. You know, mm-hmm. little things like that. you got to have somebody tell you that. Yeah, and be okay with receiving that feedback, mm-hmm. not getting, getting yeah. mad or upset. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't oh, open it up okay. to everybody. Right. But yes, exactly. Yeah. So how, like, I think we've identified some of that stuff, like, we've got marketing strategies and financial strategies and different things like that. And you, you've mentioned before, like we should have a communication strategy. Like yeah. what does that, what does it even look like? So communication strategy is, I, I think you've probably heard of something called like a priority duck mm-hmm. and they'll use it in like distributed teams a lot of times. And the best teams before, before remote working was a thing yeah. and like the innovative companies were doing remote work teams, they'd pull together a priority doc. And on that priority doc, it would, it would identify three things. And it's only one page. And it would identify the purpose, which is what you're trying to do. The second thing, it would identify the why, which is your success criteria. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is how, so which is where you define what's in scope and what's out of scope. So you need a communications charter, which is your communication strategy, and it answers those three, those three things. Okay, what what is the definition of the win for communications? Um, what does it look like when we're successful? And how do we get it done? Mm. And if if I use this like um, how it's using a priority document, like our our what uh, we want to paint the second floor. Let's say we want to paint the second floor. That's what we want to do. Well, what's our success criteria? It's full coverage. It's washable. It's in the right color palette. That's our success criteria. Great. Then what's in scope and what's out of scope? Um, well, the walls and trim need to be painted, but the ceilings and bathrooms don't. So that's what a priority doc looks like for projects. Mm-hmm. How you apply that in a communications charter, it's like, okay, what are we trying to do with our communications? And many times I'll coach my clients, the first thing you're trying to do is make things easy to find, use, and share. That's what you're trying to do. Because communication is not a transaction. It does not do the selling for you. It does not close the deals for you. It does not win people, but it is the vehicle. So we need to make sure everything we do here, everything that we communicate is easy to find, use, and share. That's what we're doing here. 
Um, and at the top, when we're defining the what, we want to have some type of cue, again, like what makes us special for this audience, mm-hmm. you know. And the success criteria is that making things easy to find, use, and share. So what's in scope and what's out of scope based on your industry, like that client I talked about, that communications charter, we do we did it, we identified four audiences for the how. And this is what we're trying to do with our employees. This is what we're trying to do with our customers. This is what we're trying to do with our partners. And this is what we're trying to do with our community. And we identified the communication win for each of those audiences because they're different. They're different. Yeah. And if you're working with a church, the communication win on your communication strategy and your charter, what it is for the congregants is different than what it is for the community. Mm-hmm. And too often, businesses and churches, they just communicate to themselves. And I mean, you've heard that phrase before, um, like when we talk to, if you talk to yourself, that's called crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. What do they, what do they call companies who talk to themselves? I have no idea. Uh, marketing, they call it marketing. <laughs> so, and then um, I'll take it a step further. Churches that talk to themselves become silent. They're just silent to the community around them. Mm. And so, it's really important if we're not just generating all the communication to stuff that we like. A lot of times, I'll say if your boss likes it or the staff likes it, you're probably doing it wrong. Mm. You know. So, but there are certain things you need to do for the staff and the congregants. Well, what do we need to do? We need to make sure. That on on um, like your your onboarding pass or the big venues or the big on ramps are clear, so mm-hmm. people can all use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what your what the win is for the community looks a lot different. Like what problems are we solving for them? What are we delivering to them? Is different than what we're delivering to the insiders. So that's just got to be outlined. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's your communication strategy again. What are we trying to do? What's the what's the definition of success, mm-hmm. and how do we do it? And yeah. usually, that's where you identify like no more, no more than four large people groups. I try and get it down to three. Yeah. And the big mistake is made in the success criteria because most of the time people will say, "Well, we want to generate compelling, inspiring, creative communications." I'm like. What does that mean? Exactly. How do you measure it? Exactly. Yeah. Or uh, we want to we want to increase uh, sales, or we want to increase attendance. And I'm like, communication is going to remove the barriers and fuel that. But again, if you don't have a good product, it's it's not going to get the job done. Or if you have bad systems, or you have bad processes. So the best that your communication strategy can do, the most effective, is like, how do we make sure we're pumping DNA? To all stakeholders, mm-hmm. and how do we remove the barriers? And here's how we do it. But I, I help people write that stuff all day, every day. It's so easy for me to help other people do it. It's, it's much harder doing it for myself. So I have to get help with that. Yeah, I love it when I get called on my own stuff. <laughs> it's like so good. It's so good. That's good. Well, Kim, this has been extremely valuable. I'm like making mental notes. Like, okay. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I need to ask these questions. So, and I think to me, like the biggest thing that I'm pulling out of this whole thing is just getting that outside perspective. I feel like that's something that we know. Yeah. Okay. I should ask for advice or whatever, but we just don't do it. We think Mm -hmm. I got this. I'm the pro, but in reality, we just, we need somebody else to come in and say, here's where you're, 
here's where your holes are. Let's go yeah. plug these. And here's what you're doing well. Yeah. Make sure you're talking to the person that's looking saying, here's what you're doing really well. Here's where there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Don't go around and ask people for, like, can you give me a bunch of ideas? That's not the question we're asking. No. We're asking where are we hitting the mark, where, we, where we're trying to, and where are we missing it? Mm. And ideas can come later. There's no shortage of ideas. Right. So you're exactly right. That's right. really good. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, whether they just have uh, questions or, um, or want to bounce some ideas off of you or something like that, or they want to actually hire you, which they should, what's, how should they uh, get in touch with you? Well, Kyle, that's the punchline. That's okay. the punchline. My, um, for being a communications professional, like my name's a typo. <laughs> like what, what kind of curse is that? Yeah. <laughs> but like it's kemmeyer.com, K-E-M-M-E-Y-E-R.com. It's real easy. That's easy. Yeah. Good. You remove that barrier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thanks again for coming on, and yeah. I appreciate your time. Super fun. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Big Brand Theory podcast. Make sure to like and follow us on social media and subscribe to the podcast today. 